Welcome, everybody, to episode 36. We had a heck of a cliffhanger last time. Uh, I think, Carl, you're going to give us the recap this time. Tell us what happened. Uh, We arrived at the Jell-O crew house. We uh, developed an ingenious plan that we executed perfectly. Uh, No flaws. Per usual. Everything went exactly according to plan. We knocked out uh, his name. I think it was Kurt. Did we have names for the other two? Did we get find out? I, ice and uh, bronze blue. guy and blue. No, no. Blue. Kurt, no. Kurt was Kurt was the bronze guy. Kurt oh. was brass. Oh, I, I literally I got... thought you guys said Kirk, as in, can you answer this question? <laughs> My fault. Kurt, who was uh, brass. Ice, who was a white dragonborn, and then blue, who was a blue dragonborn. And right. I did. I got to wreck on real quick. Sorry, Brian. But uh, blue hit you with cold breath in that um, episode. And Blue Dragonborn rules as written actually have electric breath, so we'll just we'll let that one slide for now. But uh, yeah, Blue Blue has electric breath, uh, Ice has cold breath, and uh, Kurt, you don't know yet because he didn't use I w- it. I would never have guessed any of that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we subdued all three of them. Uh, we dropped a portal to try and head back to the tower to drop them off for safekeeping, and we just heard a bunch of screams. Very good. Yeah, that is accurate. Yeah, the the last episode ended with a portal opening up and some static, and the last thing you heard was screams, and then it closed up instantly. So you are sitting here aghast after hearing this noise. Well, I don't know what your reaction is after hearing this noise, but that's what you hear. The portal closes, and you are still in this house with these three knocked out dragonborn. What do you want to do? Uh, Tug has a question. Yeah. So what's our limit on portals that we have? I will say you have um, you have three pocket portals left in the bag. Can't we just have like one and it has like a recharge timer or something? (laughs) Uh, Sure. It doesn't matter. That might be. I I was just curious because if we have like a non or you know, an irrelevant amount of them, we could just try and open it again and just confirm if we hear anything else or get anything, any other information as opposed to just screams. But yeah. I'm assuming what we we can set some sort of game barrier so we can't just no, you're fine. spam you got three portals. Left. What do you, want? you got three left. What do you want to do with them? You know what? All right. Screams from the tower. The tower is full of a bunch of wizards and mages. Let's assume that they'll be all right. They they'll probably stuff out. conjured a roller coaster. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they finally got the coaster from Cotton Candy Village working, and it is awesome. I love, I love that this is where it goes because the listeners are like, "Holy shit, what happened?" And you guys are like, "Nah, yeah." Nah. yeah. <laughs> We really gotta win this tournament, so I guess uh, right. It's not like we can go back without the without this totem. All right, so you, um, yeah, so you don't want to do anything with that information. All right, so what do you, what do you want to do? Uh, I mean, there's, uh, well, we got it. I mean, we've got here's the pro- here's the problem. If I if 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 Durf leaves, I mean, I'm like a. Where are you going? I have I have like by far the best animal. Well, we had talked about on text. Should I fly back? I could fly back, but then I think you we were don't have enough. That, that said that. Yeah, literally only you. That's <laughs> no, not at all no, a part of no. our strategy. No, because Kirk, you said, uh, okay, so Durf can fly back and we'll continue our mission. 
that's well, what, that's what so you said. So that was my said. idea, even better. Terrible idea. <laughs> Terrible idea. I'm glad you said it because I wouldn't have realized how shitty of an idea it was if it came out, like, if it kept coming out of my mouth. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I have, like, zero self-awareness. Just well, lifelong you- issue solved on you meeting a tavern right now. Kirk has zero self-awareness. <laughs> so how how far are we from... The tower. We still got to see, go see uh, Falcor. You are. You yeah, have, we need to learn this fucking game. Yeah, you have been this shown. The, this is the you have been shown a ever. map. You have been shown a map. Uh, you have been. <laughs> uh, you have been shown a map of Euphoros, so you kind of know where the tower is and where. Um, I'll just say you've been, you've been shown it at the tower. He kind of laid out everything and these are the places and whatnot. And um, Arrow's Edge is on the far west side of the pen- peninsula. And the tower is in the furthest northeast corner in the eastern sea. So pretty far. Uh, I'd say at least a day's fly if you were to if turn I, into an if, animal. If I were, like, for instance, a a Quetzalcoatlus, which can fly 67 miles per hour, <laughs> according to current scientists' right. uh, estimates. Are you reading Maybe this half off your screen, day. or is, do you just know this? There is actually a new exhibit at the Field Museum about uh, pterosaurs, and they have a 20-foot-tall Quetzalcoatlus um, exhibit. And it says that uh, scientists are not sure if they could fly at all, but estimate they could fly up to 67 miles per hour. This has been science time with Durf Turf Toe. <laughs> I, I, I have a strong feeling that if you turn into whatever that is, Joe's going to go ahead and tell you, uh, you can't fly, bud. <laughs> <laughs> that fast, you could probably travel there in half a day. Okay. If you could. But let's um, not do that. Distance-wise. Yeah, so maybe, well, we still need to get the potion made, so should we go get some potions made? Or can we? Or should we tie these guys up or... I mean, what? Probably I think don't we should just kill them, right? murder them. No, they're like innocent people. Right, but didn't you say in the last episode we're weighing their lives against the entire world? Did I say that? Yes, yes you did. Well, yeah, but yeah. And Brian went, meh. Yeah. <laughs> no, notable <laughs> notable paladin Carl with the K. It's for the greater good. That's That makes it okay. Ah, uh, fuck. Are they wearing like clothes? Do we are we wearing like a uniform? Do we need no. to take their uniforms? No, it's pretty much just regular old street clothes. Nothing special. No uniforms. That's weird. We should probably search right. the place for uniforms because I doubt they're necessarily training in their we should game go day back. wear. We should go talk to Sassy, right? And get her to make potions. Well, we should tie so these dudes up first. Them where they turn into us. What? Why? Well, we got to hide them somewhere, right? What, what if we, we tied them, them up and threw them in the sewer? Um, true. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you. You two can come up with the plan, and this time, no matter what, I will go with. I was not going to screw it up. <laughs> I, screw it up! I've, I've fixed their plan. Durf does a perception check for ropes. Natural okay. twenty. Yeah. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Honestly? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you find some ropes. You find some really, really strong ropes. In plain sight, they're actually right at your feet. Great. I guess we tie them up I, now. I, yeah, let's tie these motherfuckers up. All right. Uh, give, me, uh, give me a survival check, the two of you. Survive? I think I'm actually pretty good at that. Five. Could be worse. 
12. 10. 12 and 10. All right, so 12 is the highest. All right, We're going to have to so kill you, them. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you don't know this. You tie them up. You tie them up uh, pretty good. Or you think it's excellent. You think it's an excellent tie-up job. Um, and now you have three dragonborn sitting unconscious at your feet. How are we going to get them to the sewer? Let's just leave them in their house. We should we should bound their mouth their mouths or whatever so they can't scream. Yeah, and we just leave them here. I agree. They're knocked out. We'll come back. Maybe we'll try and remember to come back for them. We probably won't. They'll probably die a horrible death of starvation over a long period of time. But hopefully, we'll have the token. I think they'll probably actually wake up, wiggle out of their ropes, and come fuck with us. If that's the case, let's tie them to different points in the room, because if we tie them and just leave them all together, they're going to help each other get loose. Let's tie them to the rafters. Who can lift them? I am three foot yeah. zero. Have you, ever, have you ever seen Have you ever seen the, the picture online of the kid at a LAN party, and they like duct taped him to the ceiling? <laughs> let's do that. Except with the difference is to the rafters. only Carl can lift maybe one of them. <laughs> this is so great you mean the tavern episode 36 the boys figure out how to tie these three motherfuckers up take some hostages okay <sighs> fuck what if we go out front no we can't go outside we have to stay inside and there's only this is basically one room it's an open floor plan right mm-hmm. great value in the home market <laughs> yeah it's a ranch um Cool. Really, really hot right now. If there's scaffolding, there has to be beams that holds up the scaffolding, right? There are. Yes. So correct. Many, if we tie them each there? to different beams in the room, so that way they can't help each other get loose, and then we tie up their mouths, and then we fucking leave. Let's do that. You do it with the ropes. You tie them up <laughs> to the beams. <laughs> Two of you rolled survival checks. You do it. You tie them to the beams as best as you think you possibly could have. We are so good. All right. Nice. Now what? Tug dumps furniture on all of them. And then we leave. Okay. That's a good idea. Is there hold on, is there anything in the house that uh might look like valuable? Loots? On a fat perception check. You can, yeah, you can do it. Do an investigation check. Any fat okay. loots? Oh, oh, oh. That would be a 20. A 20 not natural? Not natural. Um, so you like look through the cupboards just to see if anything is is useful. Um, you do find a pair, a, a, a trio of uniforms. Um, they're identical. Oh, excellent! Uh, what, do they, what do they look like? I don't know, Carl. What do they look like? They they are they are are uh, sweaters <laughs> that are various colors. Some of the most hideous sweaters you have ever seen. However, slightly appealing. Okay, so you leave the house with three hideous but slightly appealing sweater jerseys. Yes. Of different various colors. All right. Yes. And you walk out the front door, um, and a rumble of thunder is heard overhead. It rumbles across the sky as you watch above a storm of dark clouds is approaching from the east. And the noise of the thunder startles the beasts that were in that backyard in that stable area. And you start hearing like whinnies and and stomping of feet um, as rain begins to pitter patter down on the old roof of the cabin. Dirt, Shoot. quiet them down, calm them down. Well, so. Oh I no! Go... No, no, we need to change first because they'll freak out. Yeah, I mean, we I I don't I don't know if they'll recognize us when we change. I don't know how good the spell is, but right now they're gonna hate us. I could try and make friends with them. 
but maybe we should just fly to them after yeah let's i say we just go get our potion on all right did you guys head into sassies all right so you you hood up and trounce through the city uh the the dirt road starts to get muddy and a lot of people are are huddled uh close to each other underneath some of the the out the outstretching roofs of some of the buildings on the on the lower level and you get to sassy's um and the door is closed but it is past midnight and this is a place that should be open currently i knock on the door you knock on the door and no one answers Tug kicks that motherfucker in. All right, give me a uh, strength check. Strength? God damn it. I thought I, like, mastered karate or some shit. I don't see Bruce Lee using strength. All right, here we go. D20 minus one. He's pretty ripped, actually. Seven. Seven? Uh, you kick it. And nothing happens. Doesn't open. Step aside. Step aside, donger. I'll kick the door in. <laughs> strength. Or athletics. I guess strength. Yeah, what strength. the fuck? Athletics? I could have <laughs> auto-passed that. No, do strength. Do strength. I'm <laughs> 22. Nice. Yeah. Pa-pow! The door slams open and, and smashes against the wall on the opposite side. And all the lights are out. The candles have gone out. And there is it's eerily quiet in this place. Hello. Um. <laughs> hello. Okay. Hello. Sassy. You saying hello? Hello? Hello. Yeah, no one no one answers. There's no one here. This seems like some bullshit. Give me an investigation check, all three of you. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. Wow, okay. Um Carl, you're the first one to see a note is scrawled out on the uh front desk and it says Gone to Falcors. How convenient. What if she's fucking telling on us, dude? We can't just roll up there not Dragonborn. I guess we could. We, I mean, we don't know how to do it. We're not like Dungeons and Dragons pharmacists. <laughs> what? We could roll for it. <laughs> <laughs> Can we? Roll? I mean, we could just go to Falcors. Yeah, let's go to Falcors. I mean, wait, what's Falcors? Falcor is the dude that's going to teach us how to what play this game, yeah, homie. On, on the bulletin board in uh, one of the first episodes of this arc, you saw a poster. Oh, that's right. That's Sir right, Falcor that's the right. Fearless. Yeah. Let's go to Falcor's. Do we know where Falcor's is? Yeah, there was a on the bulletin board note. Uh, on the bullet. Okay. Yeah, there was a yeah, directions. Let, yeah. I guess address. let's head to Falcor's. All right. So you uh, you exit Sassy's place, and still rain is pouring down. You hear distant rumbles of thunder. And you travel to the bulletin board to get one one good look at the address once again. You follow it on the opposite side of town um, on the, we'll say, the northern mountains up against the wall. You make your way up to the step of the house of Sir Falkor, like the address said. And you find a, a small hooded figure with a torch in hand and a towering beast of a dragonborn looming over them and they seem to be in some sort of quiet discussion as the rain falls down around them I drop eaves alright uh, how, how close can we get without them seeing us like, you guys I mean you see this from down the street so you're about 50 feet away they don't see you yet it's pretty dark and the rain coming down they don't see you 
Uh, tug, I want to. Tug wants to stealth up within listening distance. Okay, give me a stealth check. I can also turn into a bat. I have keen and have keen hearing, or a weasel. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. All right, Durf, you give me a stealth check too. You said that, or you can turn into something. Let me see how many wild shapes I have left. I think you only had one, right? One. Yeah, you had one left. Yeah, I won't use it for that. I'll just stealth up. Okay. Do we still have the potions on from earlier? Uh, no, they've worn off by now. Okay. Uh, ten. Ten. Um, okay. Tug, you you go up and you start sneaking in and Durf is behind you. And Carl, you're somewhere behind that, not really trying to be stealthy, but still keeping your distance. And Tug, as you get closer, you hear Sassy's voice come from the short one holding the torch. And and she says, she says, I, I swear, Falco, I swear it's them. And then just as that happens, Durf, you trip over Tug and you fall flat, uh, face flat in the mud, startling them. And Sassy says, mm, these are the ones, Falco, I, I, I have what they need. And she sees you and she jiggles four bottles of clear liquid in her hand. And Falcor looks down at you. And he is this seven-foot-tall, huge dragonborn. He's about twice as thick as any of the Jello crew members. But age has clearly gotten the best of him. You see, like, this wavy, silvered hair. And some of his, like, scales are falling off and they're sagging. Um, and he says, These are them, huh? Um, Ken... <clears throat> Is there a way, I don't know what skill this would be, but a way for me to see if I'm getting like a bad vibe? Like, is this a bad situation we're in or is it just we happened upon something that's net positive or net neutral for us? Yeah, that would be, I don't even know if we've used this check before. It's an insight check. If you want to check someone's intentions or like what's going on around you, good or bad. Durf gets a nine. Okay. Thirteen. All right, Durf, you have no idea. You're kind of scared. You don't know what's going on. Tug, you can sense that he is welcoming, although gruff. And uh, you've trusted Sassy enough to this point um, that I don't. you don't think you're in any danger in this situation. Sassy, you snitching right now? <laughs> Sassy, you fucking cop? <laughs> I'm no snitch. I swear. Let's get out of this range, shall we? And Falcor turns back to her and she says, yes, let's go. Come in. And he opens the door and walks into his house. Um, can I like can I like stop Sassy before she goes in and just like why would you tell him we're trying to get into this game? And she says, "There's much, there's much to tell you, mm? but he's the only one that can help you. He is very skilled in Eretisi Trekus, and and we know why you are here." Fucking dope. Let's roll, and then I go cool. into the hut. Carl, cool, what are cool. you doing in this whole situation? Uh, I'm assuming that I've I've walked up uh, as this interaction has happened, and we realize it's sassy, uh, and I'm going to kind of follow, you know, follow Tug and Durf in. But as I pass by uh, Sassy, like Sassy, why do you think we are here, Carl? The reason you are here, I, I am what you call a seer. I I see things. I can. I can see the future in, in in scattered visions. I've seen darkness, so much darkness lately, but as you came to my shop, as you came to Arrow's Edge, 
the light started to show, and and I believe that we can help you reach your goal. I mean, that that would make sense. I'm I am the light bringer, and I do have twenty twenty vision. Uh, and I'll just walk on in. Okay. But not dark vision, <laughs> fucking human. <laughs> I, I said not dark. I, I said 20-20 vision. All right, so you uh, you step inside this house, and it's a disheveled place. Um, the only light comes from the sassy's torch before she kind of points it at a couple different candles, and it lights the place up with flickering flame. You see glasses and bottles strewn about everywhere. There's there's torn scrolls hanging up on the walls with what appears to be pictures of Falcor. You can tell it's still him, his burly frame in his younger days. And he's standing in, in golden army or armor in front of a white Pegasus, who now you see in the corner of the room, uh, just kind of slumped over, sleeping, doesn't really pay you any mind, uh, unfurls its wings and then brings them back in as you guys come in. And you see other pictures that portray the Dragonborn standing proudly in front of classes of a dozen other dragonborn children or more um, it appears the falcor is a teacher of some sort and give me a perception check all of us yeah uh shit ton natural one so i will use luck <laughs> 20 24 jesus 13 I got a six. okay uh derf you were the only one that notices. Um, you recognize one of the small dragonborn in these pictures. It looks very similar to the dragonborn that you saw when you first came to Arrow's Edge, the one of the um, champions, Klontz. Okay. And Falcor sits down by the hearth and pours several glasses of hot liquid into cups and sets it down uh, before you all as you take a seat. And he says... I was never one for keeping secrets, so let's just get this all out in the air, shall we? Why are you here? You tell us. Tug doesn't buy that shit. Tug ain't doing that. From my understanding, you already know why we're here, so... Sassy. Sassy already spilled it. Sorry, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Sassy kind of looks to him and, like, shrugs her shoulders, and he huffs, and he says, Can I see them? Your hands... Jeff goes, ah, shows his hands. Okay. Like this. Just waves his hands. Here they uh, he, are. Yeah, he, he he walks over to you and um, grabs your hand, Durf. You cool with that? No, but he's like, all right, well, okay. Okay. <laughs> he's a fighter. Um, he takes your hand and he turns it over, palm face up, and he turns to Sassy, who gives uh, an approving nod. And she says, mm, I told you I wasn't bullshitting, Falcor. These are the ones. Mm. And Falcor sighs, and he closes your palm, and he pulls away, and he gives Sassy a worried look. And he goes and sits back down and takes a long sip of his, of his cup. And he says, This is not the first time I have seen a mark like this. Like, second time, or is this a lot? Like He says, Some fifteen years ago, when I was in service to the king, a hooded stranger appeared at our door with a gift. The lost crown of prudence, a relic sought after by many kings and queens that once ruled over Arrow's Edge. 
As the men passed it along to the king, I caught a glimpse of his grey hand, a mark I have not soon forgotten. The man left the city and vanished as quick as he came. The crown has since been bestowed upon the winners of Eretisitrekis each tournament as a symbol of pride for our heritage and the kings and queens of old. But the current tournament winners have been on a hot streak for some time. I sense foul play and something even more sinister. Let me tell you a little something, Falcorp. We are also going to bring some foul play, because obviously not Dragonborn. Um, so we're going to fuck these clowns up. We're going to need to take the uh, crown thing. We're going to take that with us. Sorry. Um, what kind of turmoil will that throw Arrow's Edge into if we just dip out with that? Because we're going to. Well, we, want the, <laughs> we want the army. Maybe. Why do you have need for an army? I guess we don't know. Trust me, shit's Dirk, popping Dirk, Dirk, off. Dirk just feels son. like maybe we want an army. Okay, so after she, after he hears uh, you say this, Doug, he looks to Sassy and nods, and he says, Sassy has a gift. She can peer into the wrinkles of space and time, seeing visions of what may come to pass. She has never been wrong. She has seen these marks in her dreams. And Sassy speaks up, and she says... Lately, my dreams have been nothing but shadow. But since you arrived in Arrow's Edge, the light has slowly returned. And she closes her eyes, and you start to feel this cold kind of creep over the room. And the, the flames around you flicker a little bit. And she says, as her eyes are closed, she says, Six candles, four flickering flames, a horizon of dread traces along the floor and her eyes open again suddenly a pure white as she stares blankly forward she says lines glowing arrows a shadow forms the flames dance they descend upon us it must be complete the marks are the key and then boom another rumble of thunder shakes the walls and she snaps out of it with heavy breaths. Dang. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, and she continues. <laughs> she continues. She says, "I don't, I don't know what all this means, Falcor, but these men play a part in what lies ahead." And Falcor is just staring up at the ceiling at this this rumble. And he says, these are no ordinary storms. The crown, it is calling them. Uh, calling who, dude? Calling the storms. Oh. These things have been happening since it arrived here. Strange occurrences. Strange words. Strange people. Well, how long has it been here? Fifteen years. So a long time. That's a lot of weird shit to happen. It has been happening more frequently lately. Cool. Falcor, so... let me tell you a little something. Or Durf sounds like he's got something to say. <laughs> Is there any way we can just get our hands on this motherfucker? Because sounds like those one guys are really good at this game. 
and still don't know the rules. <laughs> and then he, ri- <laughs> he rises. He gets up from his chair and he says, then you must learn the game and rid us of this curse. So that's a no on just stealing it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> Are you sure? All right, cool. We are kind of heist specialists. (laughs) Right, right. Sure you are. You're so good at that. Um, And he says, now, we have the potions. Did you get what you need? Yeah. Skin? Yeah. Tug holds out the blue scale, I think, is the one I took. And I assume assume you've tied your mounts up outside, correct? Uh, no, we didn't bring that motherfuckers because nope. we didn't think we'd be able to control those those animals because I'm a gnome and they're, I they're, go up to like their double jointed knees or whatever. <laughs> they're big and scary and we hadn't turned into uh, being able to trick them yet. All right. And Sassy says, Sassy says mm, I can turn you into these dragonborn if you wish, but but first you must, do you, what do you know about the dragonborn? They seem kind of racist to me. Oh, is that right? How so? Well, like everybody here is a dragonborn. They're very mistrustful of us. Um, I feel like it's because we're not dragonborn. I guess racist wouldn't be the right word. Speciesist. They're kind of gruff. Um, I mean, in the game, we're called races. So yeah, I think yeah, that's true. Flies <laughs> that's <here>. true. <laughs> that's true. And Falcor kind of shrugs yeah. his yeah. shoulders, and he's like, mm, "Yeah." I could definitely see what where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. And well, she says, "Okay, so well, you must know that dragonborn can breathe different elements, and if you look at a dragonborn, you can tell which element it breathes by the color of its scales." Now, what colors did you collect? <laughs> I got a blue one, and I hold up uh, the blue scale. Ah, blue, blue. Now, those are the electric dragonborn. They can blow lines of electricity. Time to blow some lines, nah, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe blow was, was not the right word I could have it's used a, today. It's kind, of mm. kind of the opposite, actually, of yeah. what you would do with lines. So, um, anyway, <laughs> what about the other two? Brass! Ah, brass. Ah, you are more typical dragonborn. You can breathe fire. Mud. <laughs> no, f- no fire. That wouldn't. What would be the use of that? In in a line. In a line. Yes. Cool. Yes. Mm. No, in puddles. <laughs> what about you, Carl? Could be like a triangle. <laughs> I've got a white one. A white, ah, that is cold as ice. You can blow cold air in a cone. A cone, like cone of cold. That's why I was asking yes. if it was a line. Mm, yes, correct. Now, if this, if these are the dragonborn you wish to turn into, by all means, I can begin it now. Or Falkor here can teach you of the game, and you can decide for yourself. What, what, do, the rest, what do the rest of them do? He says, he says, I, he says, um, I am a bronze dragonborn. I can breathe lightning as well, as well as the blue one. There are black who can breathe acid, copper as well, gold that can breathe fire. And then there are green and red and silver, poison, fire, and cold, respectively. What about purple? 
No purple dragonborn. That's ridiculous. What about what about pink? Also no. Okay. Like literally just the the colors I said to you. <laughs> so multiple <laughs> multiple of them breathe cold? Yes, silver and white dragonborn can blow cold. Here's a question I have. Let's say hypothetically in the abstract were there to be such a thing as an animal handling skill. If one of us was way better than the other ones at animal handling, is there an advantage for that person to be a particular color? A, a particular color? Mm, oh. Uh, a particular <laughs> position. A particular what? color? No, but perhaps a position. Let me tell you of the game. And he sits you down, and for a long while, you guys learn of the game of Aratissi Trekus. And I'm going to do this out of character because it would take a long time to do this in Falcor's voice. Um, first, he tells you, well, you know what? I could do this first. And he could say, uh, he tells you of the history of Eretissi Trekkis. Um, He says, Eretissi Trekkis is a game invented by dragonborn nobles played on the back of winged mounts. We dragonborn people believe this to be true. Dragons of the earth, the water, the air, fire, life, and death. They were the creators and guardians of this world. Immense, intelligent, all-knowing creatures. As time went on, these creatures gave birth to new dragons. Dragons that ruled the mountains, the plains, and the sea. Those that ruled the earth mingled with the walkers, giving birth to a new race of people, the dragonborn. Some of these dragonborn revered the guardians as gods, others as objects for war. The dragonborn race was split, and the dragon wars began. Eretissi Trekkis started as a training exercise for militant escorts of dragons thousands of years ago. The exercise was designed to teach escorts how to both defend their dragon from attack as well as attack the enemy. When the war was over, the exercise became a sport when noble dragonborn families started fighting for power within their own city walls. It was created by the tribunal as a means of resolving conflict without going to war. It was once an honorable thing to compete in the games. Only the most noble dragonborns would compete, representing their house with dignity and pride. Hey everybody, this is Joe. Thank you for listening to episode 36. I am your Dungeon Master for this quest. Um, we're really excited about this arc. A couple exciting episodes coming up for you. I hope. We haven't actually recorded them yet, but I assume they'll be exciting uh, with just what is to come. So, thank you for listening and I, I hope you are having fun along in the ride. Um, couple things, couple things. Uh, we just got back from Gen Con this weekend. It was awesome. We met so many people. Uh, we got to get in touch with uh, people th that run the Venture Maidens podcast, Taking Initiative, North by Northwest, the Broadswords, all those podcasts. Um, it was really fun to get in touch with them and just meet them in person for drinks and stuff. So uh, I just want to give a shout out to them. Thank you. And let's see what else we got. 
Q&A. I know I've been talking about that a lot lately. We've just been so busy, July, August, everything that's going on. Um, that is still postponed. I don't know when that's going to be. I was hoping it was going to be the first couple weeks in August, but we are just running out of time. And speaking of busyness, uh, one of the things that is keeping us busy coming up in the first or second week of September, we are going to be a part of another awesome Wizards of the Coast event for uh, their upcoming adventure, the heist adventure. So we're really excited about that. We're working with some close with some other actual play podcasts. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we have our own standalone episode, but it's actually going to be part of a series of an ongoing story. So we're, we're doing like the seventh episode in a 10 episode series. We're going to be playing our same characters, uh, but the, the story is going to start from episode one and go all the way through. So you definitely want to check out all 10 of those episodes, uh, but especially the seventh one we're going to be joined by a couple special guests and i'm really excited to put our guys through another heist adventure so be sure to check that out it's coming out second week of september Uh, it'll be on the wizards of the coast dungeon delve feed and we'll release the episode as well later on so definitely check that out I think that's it as far as announcements and cool stuff going on. Uh, I want to give a super special shout out to our $15 or more patrons. You might hear some of their names. Um, there, I think we were out of NPC names, but there's still some people that uh, donated $15 or more to our podcast. So we just want to say thank you guys. Um, your support, your Patreon support does wonders to help our show grow. It, you know, we, we hire out music, we hire out art, we do hosting, we have to pay for uh, you know, monthly fees as far as memberships to different things, editing software, all this kind of stuff, new microphones, um, all of your money goes towards the show and towards, uh, you know, just helping us to make the listening experience better for you. So thank you guys so much. Here we go. David Ashley Cole, Andre K, Sir Falcor the Fearless, Jello Crew, Kurt Nolan, Ursula Bertea, James J.C. Aklonso wants to give a shout out to Hit Dice Podcast, Nick Sassy, Mark Albright, Tarkin Davis, Eleanor Fitchett, Sierra Clark, Jason Ford, Jonathan Zeman, GM Binder. Michael Kennetzer, Chris Salberg, Jaeger, Max Bender, Holly Roxana, Chad Putnam, Ice Blue 220, Strive for Honor, Sarah Blue, Mark Deacon, Nathan and Samantha Ballou, and John Dalstrom. Those are all of our $15 or more uh, a month patrons. If you want to get in on this and you know help us help us grow, even a dollar helps you get sweet perks. We have a, a totally separate podcast that patrons get to listen to called A Few More Beers. It's like a recap podcast, um, special Discord perks anything, you know, a lot of cool stuff that you get as a patron. So if you want to go on patreon.com slash YMIA tavern, join up on that. Uh, we would really, really appreciate it. Okay. That's it for me. Um, enjoy the rest of episode 36, a lot of cool stuff coming up and we will see you in two weeks. Bye. That's a little of the history of Eretzi Trekkis. I love that you said you weren't going to do it in Falcor's voice, and then you just yeah well, naturally the, the history <laughs> the history I'll do in Falcor's <laughs> voice. The actual game Eretzi Trekkis will get into now. Um, in this moment, you guys sit down with Falcor, and he kind of goes over. He maybe he draws draws something on the table in the middle of his of his room, and he teaches you all about this game and he says that this the object of this game Eretzi Trekkis and you've kind of seen bits and pieces of this from when you you came to Arrow's Edge um you saw those two glowing orbs on either side up by the palace level <clears throat> and the object of the game is to use your breath weapon to score 3 hits against the opposing team's orb or they call it the heart 
You may drop out of the game in exchange for getting a hit back for your team's orb. There are usually three players to a side mounted on either Pegasus, Hippogriff, Griffin, Wyvern, playing offensive or defensive roles. Uh, some attackers specialize at distant shots, others close-up shots, while others still are best at getting defenders out of the way. And there are there are several positions. Defenders may specialize in blocking breath weapons, reflecting them, keeping people on the opposite team at a distance from the orb. And then there are some players, some positions that excel, kind of are mediocre in both areas. They don't really specialize in in one rule, uh, one role specifically. Um, a few rules here, and we could get we'll actually get over. We'll go over this later. But essentially, for, for your purposes now, deciding who's going to take which position, um, like I said before, the brass <clears throat> scale uh, is fire in a line. The blue scale is electricity, lightning in a line. And the white scale is cone. Now, typically, those with cones can hit more uh, targets at the same time. So you would want a cone breathing dragonborn to be on defense and then there are several other positions by the way i just want to give a quick shout out i didn't create this game this was actually created by josh hebert and adam hoffling who are two fans and they were talking about this game a long long time ago before we even went over the dragon spire arc and i thought it was really cool and then we kind of elaborated on it and uh that's what we're using for this so pretty cool has the story develops even from from you know a long time ago so I'll just quickly go over these uh, positions because I think they're important. I think listeners would get a kick out of this. And um, it's important for you guys to know what is available for, you know, the different breaths and what you what you guys want to do. So there are three people on each team. Uh, you could have two defenders. You could have one um, offensive player. You could have three offensive players. It's really up to you. But he, here are the different positions and kind of what they do. So on offense, you can have a sniper. And snipers focus on scoring hits on the opposing orb through accuracy and ranged shots of their breath weapon. You mechanically, what you do as a sniper, it allows you to spend your reaction to uh, do the following. When a defender or obstacle blocking your line of sight to the target or the orb moves five feet or more, you may make a breath weapon attack automatically as a reaction versus the target. Another offensive player would be a crasher. Crashers specialize in making room for snipers and divers, which I'll explain in a second, to make shots on the orb. Crashers are typically larger dragonborn on wyverns, because they're the fastest, who wear the heaviest armor. Crashers may utilize a charging ability simply called crashing. The rider and the beast move as one, and you assail your opponent with claw and blade, pulling them out of the way. Mechanically, as a crasher... You use a charge action in conjunction with a move of over half your speed. You gain advantage on the attack roll. And if you are successful on an attack against a target, you can move them five feet in any direction. So crashers and snipers would be good because you get to move someone five feet away and then the sniper can take a reaction and make that shot. And then you have divers, which is the other offensive position. Divers play style keeps them close to the opposing orb, often being dragonborn with cone-shaped breath weapons. So you could do this if you wish. Often in the thick of the action, these dragonborn are truly daredevils. Mechanically, with your breath attacks and experience playing up close and personal, you receive advantage to your breath attacks when you are within 10 feet of the orb, the opposing orb. And that brings us to defensive players. So you've got snipers, crashers, and divers. 
defensive, you've got a blocker, a mage, and a duelist. So blockers are core team players on the defensive side. They are armed with shields, and these players intercept enemy attacks against their orb and attempt to stop opponents from scoring hits by blocking them themselves. You possess an ability called Vigilance. If you are within five feet of your own orb, you may use your reaction to impose disadvantage on an incoming attack, as long as you're within five feet. A mage is the only player in the game, this is important, that is permitted to use magic. So as you're you're a dragonborn, you cannot use any spells. You receive training in a special reflect spell, which you would just automatically learn, made to bounce back an opponent's breath weapon. You can also learn cure wounds, which lets you heal your team members. And then your special ability, that reflect spell, if a line breath weapon passes within five feet of you, you may spend your reaction to make an intelligence save versus the opposing attack roll. If successful, the breath weapon is deflected and travels until it reaches max range. And the last uh, defensive position is a duelist. Duelists are defensive players who specialize in removing the threat of divers against their goal. They and their mounts have trained for years in the art of aerial grappling and know exactly how to hold someone back. Mechanically, you do not have the ability to make opportunity attacks against opponents, but instead, if an enemy moves within 10 feet of you, you can use your reaction to attempt to grapple them in the air. And then we have a a flex player, which is kind of offensive and defensive. Um, They are called the Assassin. They are artists of tactically disabling an opposing team. They fly faster and fight smarter than anyone else on the field. If one catches you unawares, be prepared to fight for your life. An assassin receives plus 10 to your movement speed and plus 1 to all attacks made directly against an opposing rider, not their mount. So those are the positions. Three offensive, three defensive, and one flex. Um, there are obviously some bonuses to having you know either a line or a cone weapon. And um, as far as mounts go, you guys have a pegasus, a hippogriff, and a wyvern kind of at your call. You, the Pegasus has an AC of 11, movement speed of 90 feet, Hippogriff, AC of 12, movement speed of 80 feet, and a Wyvern, AC of 13, movement speed of 70 feet. So can we, like, die? And can our mounts die? Yes, absolutely. You all have an HB. This is a vicious game. You can absolutely get killed in this game. Okay. Okay. And our horsey can get killed. Yeah, so um, so there we are. He he kind of lays all this out to you, um, explains in detail all the positions, and I'm going to leave it up to you guys what you want to do. You have the scales that you need. You have all the information at your fingertips. I actually had a quick question. Um, you mentioned Constitution as the breath weapon modifier, correct? Mm-hmm. Is there... Is it, is it always that no matter what? Because that's so, like crippling yeah. for me. And that's... Well, okay. So when you make an attack, and this is kind of like specific to this game, when you make an attack with your breath weapon against the orb, you're going to use... I'm going to say you're going to use your dex mod because it makes sense. It's like a ranged attack. We'll treat that as a ranged attack. Other than that, you use your breath weapon as it is in the game, where which uh, the opponent, if you're trying to shoot your breath weapon at an opponent, they have to make a save. Either Dex if it's a line, or Con if it's a cone. Okay. Uh, in that case, I definitely think I uh, Tug should be a sniper, with my uh, dexterity bonus being uh, just naturally a plus five. So we're just using straight Dex bonus, Con, con bonus, right? 
Dex and con or Dex and proficiency? It would be just Dex. You are not really proficient as a dragonborn with breath weapons. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a call and say... Well, that's what it says on the thing. Just your mod, yep. I, I think that would be good for me to be a sniper. That's when I read the rules. That's kind of what I had uh, envisioned for myself. Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I think that's a good idea. I'm trying to figure out... I sort of think... All the assassin gets... So you have to... To knock somebody off, you have to hit them, and then they have a chance to make a DC 15 save to stay mounted. You can also make physical attacks on them. You can charge into them, try to knock them off. Well, but I can't use spells, so I can't use shillelagh, so... Correct. I'm just saying, I kind of feel like the assassin is not as powerful as I would like it to be. It sort of... It seems like... it, It sort of implies that the best flyer should be an assassin, but plus one to hit is not all that good. It's still unlikely. You're still unlikely to dismount somebody on any given attack. Like quite unlikely to dismount somebody on any given attack. Yeah. You also get a bonus 10 to your movement speed, which may or may not be good for you. It's up to you. But well, I guess a DC 15 save is kind of high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a DC 18 save is quite high. So we could do like a two, one get, can an assassin score? Yeah, anybody can score. Anybody can score. Okay. And Dragonborn, your opponents are going to have health, so knocking out somebody is also good for trying to incapacitate your opponents. Yeah, I guess. And by the way, everybody, listeners, I am going to post these in case, I, I know I read a lot, but I am going to post these. I'll post these on our Reddit, reddit slash r slash YMIA Tavern. I'll post this on our Discord um, I'll post a link on Twitter and Facebook and all those places, too. So if you want to get uh, kind of an in-depth look at the rules, um, you can check those out in those places. So, um, Carl, what are you thinking? I'm going to go with uh, Blocker. Like, it just is, seems like a natural fit. I'm used to using a shield. Uh, seems like a, a good place for me to be. Not the mage? I don't think so. I think... Yeah, I think either way could work, okay. Uh Yeah, that's a good idea. It kinda it goes with you're always using yeah, I agree. When you use the shield and we get extra AC or whatever. Or you impose disadvantage. That's like what right. you already do. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't I guess I'll be an assassin and be sort of like the attacking midfielder in soccer terms. Or, Play both sides? Yeah, like I can fuck with people but also the assassin it does make you really fast so i could potentially like outrun someone who's blocking me from the thingamajigger um and get a get an open shot i'll try that so let's let's think about who is riding what because i think if i recall the sheet pegasus had the fastest move yeah i spoke incorrectly earlier when i said wyvern pegasus is the fastest Hippogriff and then Wyvern in that order. So I, speed. I think I should have the Wyvern, like it having the highest armor class, me being at the orb that we're trying to prevent them. And it also has the slowest movement speed. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so there are two ways to think about this. Either with my buff, either if I ride the Hippogriff, I will be as fast as Tug. However, if I ride the Pegasus, I will be the fastest person on the track on the on the field and you should remember too what you stole for eugene i don't know if you want durf to be riding on eugene if that's all your plan that's true but we could go back and steal some other i guess sassy's here 
So we stole the hippogriff. No, you stole, I stole the hippogriff a feather. feather. Mm-hmm. I stole a hippogriff Hi- feather. So why don't why don't I turn Eugene into a hippogriff and ride it, and we'll both hold be... on. Hold on a second before you. Okay, I'm all for turning Eugene into a hippogriff, <laughs> but maybe we should have Tug ride Eugene. That way, you can communicate with Eugene and coordinate our attack. Well, Tug Tug is going to be controlling his own mount as so you I decide what like, to move. I can't like impose advantage on Tug by no. yelling commands well, no. to look, Eugene. Look, look, look. I think we're th- like going like way too far in the weeds on this, right? Because like these riders have their own beasts. What we need to do is we make sure we line up the beasts with who. With the right scale, essentially, because like I can't turn into the blue one and then ride the Pegasus or whatever. That's a good point. We have to we have to swap scales until we match the spots we want to be in. I am the only, I'm the one that saw them practicing, and I don't remember who was riding what. To be to be quite honest. <laughs> well, no, I have the player profile cards. I have their registration sheets. Yeah, right. Remember, I and took on, those. And on those, yeah, and on those forms, um, I said you saw which Dragonborn were tied with with which mount. And the brass, who shoots fire, was with the black pegasus. The blue, which shoots electricity, was on the hippogriff. And the white, with the cold cone, was on the wyvern. Well, so do Durf and Tug want to trade then? Yeah, so I need to, as the blue guy with the hippogriff, I need to shoot the lightning in a straight line to stun Well, no, if you're riding Eugene. Fire is also a straight line. Oh, okay. Fire as well. So, so yep. Tug as the sniper needs to either be on bronze or blue. Yeah, you. T- I think you take the brass, brass or blue. Yep. Ride brass, the Pegasus. I take the blue and ride Eugene the Hippogriff. And I've got the the wyvern. The Car- wyvern. Carl's already got the, the wyvern. wyvern. Beautiful. Okay. And you okay, guys know so your position. You and I. You and I flip chips back. So, so Durf, you're going to be riding Eugene as a hippogriff. Yeah, we'll have to teach him the rules, too. <laughs> yes, correct. I think it's going to be dope. I'm pretty excited. Yep. And I'm going to be lightning fast, dude. I'm going to be so fast. All right, so you guys, um, you, you figure all this out with Falkor and Sassy. They kind of give you the rundown of the games. You guys figure out what positions you're going to play. You swap scales, um, and Sassy says... All right, are you ready? Are you ready for the changing into the dragonborn? How long does this last? Is this, is this do we have enough time? The tournament is mere hours away. It's in the morning. This will last at least two days for you. Okie dokie. Okay, how do we deactivate? <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. And she pulls out, yeah, I forgot about that. She pulls into her cloak and she pulls out four smaller vials, just like shot sized. And she says, ah, this is the antidote. If you wish to turn back, you may drink this, but beware, you may not be able to be turned back again. All right, so once we flub out, we can't flub back in. Yep. Correct. All right, let's chug some brews. All right, everybody ready? Let's yep, do yep, this. Let's do it. All right. So you, you take your respective scales and you drop it in these potion bottles and the tug, you shake it and your um, potion bottle turns this like yellowy brown, orangey color. Perfect. And Durf, you 
shake it and it turns into this light blue that kind of sparkles with this electric energy and then Brian you shake it and it turns just a pure pure glowing white and you guys chug that down and immediately you start to feel uh, this tremendous um, power within you as you buckle over and you your your fingers turn to claws and your feet extend and Durf, you shrink in size a little bit. Tug, you grow super tall. Um, oh, yeah. And, and Carl, you turn into a female. And after a few minutes pass, you guys are fully dragonborn. Um, let hey. the record show that Tug's transformation looks like the cover of an Animorphs book. <laughs> like the holographic thing? Wait, no, like what, the like the, the ripple down, like the yeah. stage ripple down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Didn't you? Couldn't you like flip through the pages and the bottom like right corner was like a yep. flip book? Yep, yep, beautiful. Yep, yep. very good. And I you have guys... no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, if we stay transformed for more than two hours, we have to stay that way forever. Yeah, yep. Watch out for um, Tobias. Your... Shout out, shout out to the banger Tobias as a falcon. <laughs> Red tail hawk, come on, oh, get it together! <laughs> that was so good. And uh, and Falcor looks you over and smiles, and so does Sassy. As she like she like pats her f- her fists like she's or pats her palms like she's knocking dust off of it. And Falcor says, "Excellent, we begin training now." Don't we have well, to get the animals on. first, Falcor? We got to get the animals and right. We gotta get the animals. Here's the thing. If we turn Eugene into a hippogriff, are the other animals going to like freak out about that? I was just totally going to like have a perfect moment to end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, will they freak out? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. And next time on You Meet in a Tavern. Oh, Jesus Christ. Can't wait to break out my female voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At this time, I wanted to give another special shout out to our $5 patrons jimmy the penguin metal minister austin pence Derek norman tim searle liquor locker team eugene jacqueline green snormantha kensworth slater zabrija emmer spring team joe and carl i like that much better joshua all of sierra jones tornland for the win uh I, instagram account lace evangeline oya bun ryan corbin lady mage sire torben schwartz james crouch jj holler chris harrison tucker barkley pat Manatz. Seth M. Harrison, Kevin DeHart, Thomas Sanchez, Matthew Watson, Kevin Koslowski, Jesse Jones, David Barron, Eric Hancock, Dan McStockerson, Jason Rittman, Joshua Motzinger, Nicole Chapin from the Redshift Podcast, Marco Olofsson, Ian Coughling, William Martin, Elemental.fm, Dungeon Masters, Thrift Shop, new podcast, go check it out, Jack Mega, Nick Vukulich, Vitaly Vasilyuk, Joe Quickle, and Adam Hoffling. You guys rock. Thank you so much for your donations to the show and your continued support. Uh, peace out.